Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Buckeye Talk is brought to you by ShopOhioState.com and the Ohio State University Barnes & Noble Bookstore, the finest place online and in person for all the best Ohio State apparel, and MinutemanTickets.com, all your ticket needs, a national selection with the local feel. Make our ticket guys your ticket guys. Welcome back to Buckeye Talk. Doug Lemery's Belandis, Ohio State Beats. Tulane 49-6, Urban Meyer is back, and everybody is happy. Except for all the people on Twitter who are freaking out. I don't, I, I'm a little surprised about the, uh, the vein of questions that we got from you guys. So we're going to dig in. This is another Buckeye Talk podcast, our regular post-game podcast. We will really be digging in on Wednesday, previewing what will be a top 10 matchup in State College in primetime next Saturday. But for now, Landis, the idea that people are sending concerns after a 49-6 to win where Ohio State outgained Tulane 570-256 to and they played backups the whole second half. Are you surprised by that at all? No, I don't think so. I think uh, a running theme of this season seems to have been uh – reticence to embrace how good Ohio State is and and I get that I think I get that a little bit they're young um the schedule has not been great thus far and then they go on the road <clears throat> not the road but but they play a good TCU team on a neutral field last week and look really good doing it and then TCU backs that up by like laying an egg against a Texas team that nobody thinks is really that good um so I get it it's like every time you get a reason to sort of feel good something happens to, to knock you down a peg so I I I understand the sentiment if people are still a little unsure uh, about this team going into Penn State. I am I'm not that unsure. I'm, I'm pretty. I feel like I have a pretty good handle on on what this team is uh, at the moment. But I also don't look at it from the perspective of a fan, and I get that fans are are nervous and like want to be optimistic. But it, but it's hard. It's hard. So I get it. I'm trying to find the halftime box. The were the penalties. I can't find it. The penalties are like special team stuff. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, you can't do that at Beaver Stadium, obviously. I'm not super concerned about that. I think that's stuff that's easily cleaned up. Like, one of them was like, I think one or two of them were like stuff after the whistle. One on Jake Hausman and I think one on Justin Hilliard. Yep. Um, I'm, not, I'm not overly concerned with that. And by the way, the person who emailed me in the middle of the game and was like, what's up with the special teams coach? Urban Meyer is the special teams coach. Yeah. I love when we get special teams concerns, and it's like, uh, the Ten guy. penalties, 39 yards. I don't know. 
10 penalties for 89 yards is a lot, but when they're offsides, it's the type of penalty. You can't be undisciplined, but penalties of aggression, they don't mind a couple offsides from the, the defensive linemen sometimes. Guys get trying to get in a little quick. If people are thrown on you, you're gonna get you're gonna get some pass interference calls every now and then. If people are thrown on you, you're not gonna get through a game without a pass interference. Yeah, and the, the only one that, that really seemed to bother Urban Meyer was the pass interference call on Damon Arnett. Um, he didn't really bring. He, he said he thought they played really well on special teams. Didn't even mention the special teams penalties. The only one he mentioned specifically was Arnett, uh, and he said I think he said like Damon's Damon's better than that. He didn't have to do that. Um, that was the only one that really seemed to stick in his mind. All right, so there's a, there's a theme that there's a thing I really want to get to because I don't know that we're going to write about it right now, and I think it's an interesting topic. Let me get this out of the way from Fort Lauderdale Buckeye. Is there a chance if Dwayne Haskins' NFL grade is not the top in his class, or he's not a high first round pick, that he comes back? Let's lay this out right now. He's gone. Yeah, I think he's gone. Like there's one there's one more there's one more thing, and it's how he handles next week. But it's not like if he plays poorly, he's not going to get drafted. But I, I'm not. I'll be fully on the he's gone train if he keeps playing like this in Beaver Stadium. But even it because you don't get drafted on stats and wins yeah, and stuff. Yeah, you yeah. get drafted on yeah. what you are. You get drafted on a skill set. Mm-hmm. This is a big armed guy who's super accurate and is like calm and poised and making NFL throws all the time. So just like this is for you mostly. He's gone. Now, you can be have a wonderful little surprise at the end of the year if he somehow decides to stay, except he's not going to. So we're going to write a lot about Dwayne Haskins between now and the end of his Ohio State career. But like this theme, like the question, this is an interesting thing to talk about, and we will delve into his NFL prospects. But there is not a question mark at the end of those discussions. Yeah. I agree with that. We can look back. We can look forward. We'll super. We'll focus obviously on right now and can he lead this team to a national championship? Lead this team to a Big Ten championship? Win the Heisman? Be the number one pick? There's lots of things, interesting things to talk about. But the question is, it's not a question. It's just not a question. This is what I think is the most interesting thing we can talk about right now, and I'm not 100 percent sure of the answer, but I don't think it's a bad answer. Again, at the moment, I think perhaps you are more concerned about the team than either Bill and I are, and then Urban Meyer is. I think the Buckeyes think they're good. I think we think they're good, and I think there are some of you who are a little worried about that. Kevin at Zippy Fish. It's Z I P P I Fish. What's up with the rushing offense? So Dwayne Haskins tore these guys up today. Threw for 304 yards. Tate Martell threw for 115 yards. That's 419 passing yards. They gained 151 yards on the ground on 13, uh, excuse me, on 38 rushes. That's a four yard average. But let's remember that the backups played the whole second half. And I actually thought J.K. Dobbins played well. 11 carries for 55 yards. I thought he made some yards on his own. And I think it was just the way Tulane played. But if I'm Ohio State, I am not scared of a defense that says we're going to take away the run and make you throw. That's fine with me. And I felt like this was a defense. We talked about this after after the game, Bill. This was a defense that wanted to take away the run. And it's like, okay, that's cool. But I would not be worried. No, I'm not because they have, they have the answer for it now. They haven't always. I think it's been very clear in – and a lot of these, I, th- I think maybe in, in every game but the Oregon State game, that the teams seem to be 
first and foremost trying to stop Ohio State's run game. And because of that, Dwayne Haskins has some of the numbers he has. And that will continue, I think, as long as teams keep trying to key on Ohio State's run game. And it's a very good spot for Ohio State's offense to be in. Um, they have two of the best running backs in the country and like haven't really needed them to win yet. And they might need them next week. And I think that Mike Weber and J.K. Dobbins and the offensive line is capable of a game where they just sort of lean on people. Um, if it's a game where, where the defense is more concerned with Dwayne Haskins and, and the passing game. But at the moment, it's been the opposite of that. And, and that's been surprising to me. Um, because I thought I thought it would be an instance of the passing game opening things up for the running game, and it's been the it's been the running game being so such a focal point for the opposing defenses that it's really opened up the passing game, which is fine. Like I th- either one of those ways is a good way to win football games. Um, but I'm not I'm not concerned about the run game. I think you know whether they finish with 100 and, 100 and 151 51 net against Tulane. I mean, it's not. There are games in the past with this offense where they played a team like Tulane and had 350 rushing yards, but they've also only thrown for like 180 yards in those games. I'd rather see a passing game that's showing me it can work than Ohio State just lean on teams and and run them to death in games like this. To all the people who have been begging for a passing offense in the Urban Meyer era, who grew tired of quarterbacks who were run-first quarterbacks, even though they were very successful – to all the fans who have been begging for Dwayne Haskins, do not come in and look at 419 yards passing. They did anything they wanted to do in the pass game. Do not look at that and then say, oh, no, the running game wasn't good enough. They gained 570 yards. The starters played one half. As Bill said, we have seen games where they've run for 378 yards and thrown for 189. Don't you like this better? Sometimes when you're busy running for 419 yards, your rushing totals go down. Yeah. Two other points. Mike Weber hurt his foot. Uh, it didn't look good the way he pulled up on the sideline. Didn't look, yeah. It didn't look like, like the worst thing ever, but it just it didn't look great. I think we talked about this last week. J.K. Dobbins is better than Mike Weber. We, we got thrown off in week two against Rutgers because Mike Weber... Week one. No, week one. Mike Weber was week one. He had bigger holes that game, for real. When there's not a hole, when there's not an obvious hole, J.K. Dobbins is better. Mike Weber can get strung out going side to side. He he stutter-stepped his feet a couple times in the backfield looking for holes that weren't there. Um, J.K. Dobbins is better, and I'm going to lead this in... To not that Mike Weber's bad, but it's they're not they, they've been sharing time. They're not equally good. I just think that's a fact. Brock, Doctor, who's the number two running back next week? J.K. Dobbins. He's the number one running back and the number two running back. If Mike Weber can't play, J.K. Dobbins is getting twenty eight carries. They're yeah. not they're not giving meaningful carries to Master Teague or Brian Sneed or new running back Demario McCall against Penn State. They will just use J.K. Dobbins like a workhorse running back. Who was the number two running back when Ezekiel Elliott was here? Nobody. Yeah. He got every carry. That's So it's like Mike Weber's hurt. What's your solution? 28 carries for J.K. Dobbins. That's fine with me. Yeah. I, I, I right now feel like Weber's going to play. Um, but, I, yeah, if, he's, if he can't, it's not. Maybe uh, – I am interested. We didn't get to ask Urban Meyer about it after the game. Maybe I'll try to ask him sometime this week. I'm interested at the Mario playing tailback. I don't know if that's like a Brian Sneed thing. 
who Brian Sneed didn't travel with the team last week for disciplinary reasons. He's still on the team, obviously, but he didn't play today. Master Teague did, and Demario McCall did in the second half. And I don't know if, if McCall at halfback is a product of Sneed or a product of like trying to figure out something from, for Demario to do that gets him on the field. And if this halfback thing is a thing for him, then maybe you mix him in a touch or two against Penn State. But if Mike can't go, then I think you're right. I think it's a lot of J.K. Christian Zilstra, KDCR Chizzy. Is the offense almost too powerful for Haskins to win the Heisman? Today is likely <laughs> t- today likely won't be the last game he plays only a half. I actually think it is the last game he plays only a half. Because even if they're whooping they've played the worst team. They play they play Illinois, right? They don't play Illinois. They don't play Illinois. Maryland's gonna be more competitive. Indiana's gonna be more competitive. Purdue, Minnesota. Yeah. All these maybe not Nebraska. Nebraska really, really blows. Um, but all these other teams are going to be much more competitive. And and also, I think in Big Ten games, you don't take guys out at halftime. You leave them in for three quarters. Yeah, we've even seen that in the past. When they've The last few years when they've destroyed Maryland and Nebraska, the starters are played into the third quarter. It's a conference game. It's not the same. This was the last non-conference game. Tulane was bad. They had no chance of stopping him. Ohio State had the ball six times in the first half and scored all six times. So th- this this is it. I, I, I guess I understand your question, but it's not going to happen. Yeah. He's going to play. And he has 16 touchdowns in four games, and he's going to have the numbers. Second most in Big Ten history, in four games. I think he might win. Actually, I think I think it might. I think this might coalesce into a Haskins versus Tua discussion sooner rather than later. Yeah, I think you're right. Defensive line question. Do 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 do. Somebody had Austin. No, not Austin. Adam Grinstead at AC Grinstead. What's the concern level of the defensive line? play heading into Penn State. I know Tulane was getting the ball out quick, but there didn't seem to be as much pass rush against an O-line that was supposed to stink. They ran the triple option. Yeah, Tulane is, Tulane has given up quite a few sacks. Uh, Penn, or Penn State, geez. Ohio State had what was it? Yeah, I know 14 four, tackles for loss. 14 tackles for loss, four sacks. Yeah, I mean the, Tulane had given up 12 sacks in three games. They gave up four sacks a game. Ohio State had four sacks, and they had 14 tackles for loss. Um I thought the defensive line was really good in this game. It's just not something that you can take and translate into what they're going to see against Penn State. So um, I don't know how to feel about the defensive line without Nick Bosa because this wasn't a game that was going to really tell you much of anything. And maybe I thought maybe it would have. Maybe that was naive to think so. But but Tulane's offense is just just not that. It's not going to give you a good gauge. Random question from at Benghazi expert. Oh, Kentucky's good, huh? Benny Snell, uh, twenty-seven to seven, or smoking Mississippi State. Benny Snell, Kentucky's running back, uh, went to the high school a block from my house. Who was Ohio State's fastest player? Is it Paris? That's what the uh, No, I think it's probably Kendall Sheffield. They're yeah, both sprinters. The, the problem is like Paris. Paris doesn't hasn't run in college, and Kendall has, and I, I think Kendall Sheffield's hundred time or sixty time is faster than Paris. I don't know. They're both fast. Paris is pretty. Paris gotten thicker. Paris is like a pretty sturdy dude. So yeah. he's just not. Yeah. He's not only blazing speed. I'm. I'm not trying to be mean because we love our listeners and we love the people who communicate with us on Twitter and help make Buckeye Talk what it is. Yep. But some of you are nuts. The 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 panic in some of these questions is insane. They're one of the four best teams. And I think they have wiggle room to lose once and still get there. So just chill, people. David McMahon at D McMahon 65. Why are they so conservative in the second half? First team didn't play. Only scored seven points. Embarrassing. I, I can't answer want, that. I, I just don't like what you want them out there against Tulane. I, I don't. 
I, I don't. I thought. I think you saw what you needed to see against TCU. You improved some things in the first half against Tulane. You smoke a bad team and you rush your starters because you got a big one next week. It's the last chance for the backups to play. Jalen Gill got to play today. Blue Smith made his debut. Yeah. I mean, it's it's fine. I can't. Are we? Are you serious? Are we looking for things to be worried about? The urban renewal. How does it change the game plan if Weber is limited next week? You get more of the better running back. That's how it changes the game plan. Your yeah. team gets better if Mike Weber's hurt. I don't mean that's, to be aggravated, but I'm yeah, aggravated. That's a little much. <laughs> Why? Your team gets better if Mike Weber's no, hurt. It's not, an offe- it's not an offense to Mike Weber. Mike Weber's a good running back. I don't <laughs> it think, sure sounds like one. I don't think he's as good as J.K. Dobbins, and, and they are intent on splitting carries at the moment. I, get, I, think over the to- I think over the course of 12 games, they're better having two tailbacks, right? Yeah. I think so. in a single game when J.K. Dobbins – J.K. Dobbins is fresh. J.K. Dobbins doesn't even feel anything right now. J.K. Dobbins is eminently capable of a 28-carry load against Penn State, and I think in that individual circumstance against Penn State, I think that's possibly better than 16 for Dobbins and 12 for Weber. Give me 28 of Dobbins. I'm good with it. No? You disagree? I like them both. I like to have two. I think it's, I think it's unique. Parent and spare. John H. Schaefer at JS Buckeye. Will Robert Landers and Mike Weber be back for Penn State? Will they be 100%? What do you think? What uh, Landers, I think definitely. I don't, I don't know what his deal is. I thought I saw him with his arm in a brace during the week, but then today he had like a band around his knee. Like not a brace, but a, a band, like a thin band around his right knee. Um, I think he'll play. Urban Meyer said he was probable this week, and they held him out, which I think is smart if he's nicked up at all, but I think he's back next week. It just cracks me up when, again, we ask. This is how we do it. I tweet... Send us your questions. People send questions, and then other people start answering the questions. I love it. I've seen it before. Matt Peake with the answer on uh, on uh, Robert Landers and Mike Weber to John H. Schaefer. So thanks, Matt Peake, for for helping out. But I do think, yeah. And, and Ohio State, actually Ohio State said today, like, no worries on Landers. Yeah. He'll be back. Um, where do you think of Tate playing the second half? That's not a question, but what do you think? Like, how do I think he played? Yeah. To be totally honest, I wasn't paying that much attention. Yeah, me either. Um, he did not. I thought he had a couple nice throws. Yeah, I'm I, trying to think. He had one. He uh, needs reps, I think. Like, like I think there was a read that he kept it, and I thought, ooh, like he kept it. That was the right decision. And there's open field, and then he got tackled for like three yards. And I was like, okay, like he just he needs some game reps, which is good. They're getting him game reps, but I don't think he's all the way there yet. No, not yet. But I, I think he continues to to be a better thrower than I thought he'd be at this point. I agree with that. Um, yikes or no yikes from our boy Chase that the Buckeyes couldn't score more points in the second half with the twos. Something to be said for experience and progression, but bad sign for depth. Next band up next year, question mark? No. Here's the thing. They have a lot of young players who are on the first team right now. So in another world like Jeffrey Okuda and Chase Young and guys like that could be your second team. They're your first team. Baron Browning. Is your first team. So they have so many young guys playing important roles that their backups are maybe a shade below. But it's like by the time those backups actually need to be starters, it's not next year. It's the year after that. Yeah. And so, like, I actually I, – I, I didn't pay that much attention either. But I thought it was very interesting just looking at it. Their second-team offensive line is Josh Allenby at left tackle. Um Gavin Cup at left guard. Gavin Cup left guard. Josh Myers at center. Wyatt Davis at right guard, and Nicholas Petit Frere at right tackle. Yeah. And looking at that, 
knowing that Thayer Munford is a sophomore, true sophomore, and starting, mm-hmm. and thinking about they're going to lose Demetrius Knox, Michael Jordan could go pro, they're going to lose Isaiah Prince. Um, Pridgen's a senior, too. Pridgen's a senior. They're going to – but I thought, there's your line. Like Mostly, yeah. Like Petit Frere, I think, will start as a sophomore. Mm-hmm. Myers and Davis, Wyatt Davis were both huge recruits. They should start. They're going to be your interior line. And it was like, okay, that's a nice little reminder. And Brandon Bowen is not playing this year. Otherwise, he'd be on that unit, too. So, like, I, I thought that was something where I thought they're good. They're set. It's pretty good, I think. Yeah, it's better than it was last year. Although, Irvin Myers said this week he was a little concerned with the depth. Uh, I think maybe he's a little mostly concerned with the youth. Maybe they go hand in hand. But I think they they look pretty good. Um Jalen Gill got in. I think Jalen Gill's going to be good at H-back. So everything's good. Again, chill. Chris Olave had a catch. Catch and run. First uh, down, I think. One I thought, something I thought was interesting, just trying to look to see who's going to get some of these reps. Because I, I don't know that Chase Young and Jonathan Cooper can play like every snap against Penn State. Although I had a somewhat extensive conversation with Chase Young about them needing like the idea of when you're a really good player, you have to learn to be good when you're tired. And yeah. I think Chase Young is going to play a zillion more snaps against Penn State next week than he's ever played in his life, and they're going to need him. Tyler Friday Look got good. some actual snaps at defensive end, like trying to figure out what they're going to do. They, they are going to have to find a couple snaps of solutions, right, for the I guys. Think so. I, like, I think you're going to have to try to work in a Tyreek Smith and a Tyler Friday and a Jay Sean Cornell like in the middle of the game. Because remember last year, Ohio State came back and won that game. And part of the reason they came back and won that game is because they had four defensive ends who were pretty fresh at the end. Yep. And they were terrorizing Penn State by the end of that fourth quarter. And, and I think you'll probably need that again in this game. That's an excellent point, and we shall address it this week. Nate M. at NMC Bus. Early ideas on the line for next week. He's guessing OSU plus five and a half. I think we talked about we this said six. last week. We said six last week. Um, I'm stuck. I'll stay at six. I think I'll stay at six. Yeah. That's about right. Uh, Hokey Wolf. Good to see Hokey Wolf again. Hokey underscore Wolf. Is DeMario McCall's advocate on the coaching staff none other than Urban Meyer? Yeah, maybe. Urban has a checklist of playmakers, and, and I would I think he wants DeMario to be on that list. I don't know if DeMario's on it yet, but I definitely think Urban wants him on that list. So if there's anyone in that building who thinks that DeMario should be more involved in some capacity, I would not be surprised if it's Urban. You noted it this week in your pregame observations that everyone should be reading. It is a fantastic Saturday morning read, Bill Landis's pregame observations. If you aren't reading them, you're banned from the podcast. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Go read them. Do you think it was a coincidence that Paris Campbell seemed more involved today? Eight catches, 147 yards, two touchdowns. That was by far the most involved we've seen him Coincidence or Urban Meyer? Uh, Urban Meyer, I think. And maybe some Ryan Day, too. Because you asked Ryan Day about Paris Campbell. Yep. Uh, either after the game or during the week about getting him more involved. I think it's clear they have to. They targeted him early with a bubble screen. I think he took it 35 yards. And then he scored later on that drive. And they hit him again with a deep ball. Um, he is their best playmaker at receiver. I think that's clear. So they know they have to get him more involved. Urban Meyer was talking about the need for him to improve his ball skills this year and that it was a good decision for Paris to not go to the NFL last year and come back. And he talked about the the catch he made in the end zone. He drops that ball last year. Still a little iffy. He barely caught it. Still caught it. Baby steps. Didn't look like Michael Thomas exactly. No. But, man, he's just – Pressed it against his helmet, but – He's dangerous. They're doing a good job. And and Terry McLaurin, I saw you retweeted. I saw it too that that Terry McLaurin had an all-22 look of him making two blocks. I didn't realize he had made the first one. I I caught the second one. But he he knocked the first guy on his butt and and then backed up and got the other guy. 
took care of two guys on a Paris Campbell receiver screen, and I thought they were more effective than usual with some of those. That they really that's a, that's a good way to get eight ten yards. And there was one early on. A lot of times on a play like that, whether it's a running back or a guy making a short pass, they're responsible for making one guy miss. Yeah. And I thought that there was a play early on where I think Austin Mack got a block and then Paris made one guy miss and they got like 25 yards out of it. Yeah, that's the design. Get Paris one-on-one with somebody. Usually ends up a touchdown. We're going to end with some linebacker questions. There's some general linebacker questions. Bracket creep at bracket creeping. Why isn't Justin Hilliard playing more? Looked fantastic again. And then somebody asked about Michigan Buckeye at you, Mitch underscore Buckeye. I know he was mostly playing second team, but Dante Booker was making plays today. Thoughts on if he reenters a linebacker rotation discussion? No, he disappointed last year, but he's a senior in experience. There are other people still asking about the linebackers, the sort of the fundamental issues we've talked about all year. I thought Tough Borland missed a couple tackles against Tulane, which happens yeah. sometimes. No he's big been, deal. He's not been as sure with his tackling this year as he was last year. Is there a way that we haven't seen it? And I'm very curious to ask about it. We've talked about this a lot. They have Werner and Malik Harrison who won the jobs on the outside. Nobody is playing except them. Baron Browning and Tuff Borland are sharing middle linebacker. Do you think Justin Hilliard and Dante Booker, maybe Keandre Jones, but especially Booker and Hilliard did some things today. Do you think they could help this team? Yeah, I do. I just I'm a little leery of just like throwing more bodies at the problem. Like I don't I don't want to go into Beaver Stadium and have like seven linebackers you want to play and not quite sure what the right mix is. So if it's something you can figure out in practice, then I'm all for some shuffling. I was for shuffling at safety and I still am. They didn't play Sean Wade today. Disappointed in that. Boop. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think they I think they could go that route. Um, I can't say that I was paying much attention to Justin Hilliard today, but Dante Booker certainly stood out. He had on one drive, he had two tackles for loss. Um, where he really shot through into the backfield and looked impressive. So, um, yeah, I mean, those are those are two. You're talking about two four year, fourth year players who maybe you lose a little something in athleticism if you play those guys over uh, Pete Werner or Baron Browning, but you might rather have their experience. I know they haven't played a ton, but they're just older. Maybe can handle the moment a little better than than these younger guys going to the Beaver Stadium. So. I'd be I'd be interested in some shakeup. I just I'm a little leery of it going into a game like this. I feel like you need to have things figured out by now. Do you have a take on Isaiah Pryor? Somebody thought Pryor played better today. I thought he played better today. He chased down on the player too. Um, Scott Duda thought that. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought that. I mean, he certainly didn't stand out as as making a mistake that that he's made in the last few games that have led to big plays. So I guess that's progress. And I thought there were a couple plays where I thought, oh, it's a good job by Isaiah Pryor to chase that down. He came up and run support and stuck a guy one time. But he it, did. But yeah. it, run support isn't really what we've been worried about with the safeties. So. Yeah. Um, all right. Listen, there, it was a blowout, and we're going to dig into this for hours upon hours this week. So, bottom line, I think you should feel good about your football team. I think Ohio State. I don't think it. I know it. Ohio State's better than Penn State. They have more good players. They have more game breakers. Like Penn State's best player is their quarterback, but I think I'd, I'd take Dwayne Haskins. No offense to Trace McSorley. Um, Nick Bosa being out is a big problem, but I, I think Chase Young and Jonathan Cooper and Draymond Jones are capable of filling in the gaps there. There's some a, a minor fundamental issues on defense that I think have improved over the first four games. They're not completely eradicated. I'll be very curious what Penn State does to try to get pressure on Dwayne Haskins. I think this game, and this is the same thing we're going to get set against TCU. Until further notice, I think we're going to evaluate all the big games on can the opposing defenses get pressure on Dwayne Haskins. Yep. I imagine we will say the same thing going into Michigan. 
That is the game changer, how he handles that, what they can do. But but your team is better. It doesn't mean they're going to win. It's hard to go to Beaver Stadium and win. Your team is better. Your team is one of the four best teams in college football. And everybody in the country thinks that. Dwayne Haskins is a freak right now. He is very, very difficult for teams to figure out. Urban Meyer talked about today how it is difficult to run the ball when you don't have a run option at quarterback unless your quarterback is super accurate because the windows are smaller because there is not as much of a threat. They can try to do that. But guess what? You have the guy who can find those windows. So like your team, don't be worried. Enjoy your Sunday. Enjoy your week. Get excited. Your team is good. Anything else? Nope. I did. Uh, I, I picked. I picked Ohio State to lose this game. Lose, lose Penn State game at the beginning of the year, and I'm not sure if I'm going to change my mind yet. Just to leave you with that. After after all your positivity, I want to leave people with that little. I, I picked Ohio piece, State piece to, to lose one game, and I don't think I said which one. I think I said one of the one of the tough Big Ten games. Um, I'm uh, 99% sure I'm going to pick Ohio State to win this game. I just don't know. I, I have to go back and watch some Penn State tape. Yeah. I don't know how they stopped Dwayne Haskins. So now, unless you're just going to tee off and you're going to have offensive linemen who have meltdowns, which can happen in Beaver Stadium, short of that, I don't see it. Yeah. I don't think Ohio State's going to stop Penn State either. But, I mean, if, if, if I'm sitting here a week out, Predicting a final score, I'm probably in like the 42-30 range. Like the Michigan State game in 14. That was a little bit of a shootout. Where they just, you know, Ohio State scores seven times and Penn State scores five times, and it's a really good game. Yeah. All right. He's Bill Landis. I'm Doug Lamarice. Thanks to you guys for listening. Um, you can find us on Twitter at BillLandis25 at Doug Lamarice. Please go read our stories at cleveland.com slash OSU. Bill has a really good story up sort of following Dwayne Haskins. Um, through this game and um, enjoy him while he's here. So for Bill, I'm Doug. Ohio State wins. Urban Meyer's back. And that was Buckeye Talk.